Welcome to Conservation Unfiltered, presented by Conserve the Wild, your destination for an unfiltered look at conservation. Now, let's get wild. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you good. Okay. Um, I got uh, I have another app that can record uh, phone calls too, so um, we're gonna we're gonna try that. That sounds good. I, I, I'm I'm uh, kind of illiterate when it comes to certain parts of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely learning on the fly. That's for sure. Uh, with trying to trying to do all this uh, podcast stuff, it's um trying to find stuff that's easy but then trying to find stuff that that is that'll do what I you know I'm trying to to find, you know for the final project type deal. Right, 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 right. Um just real quick before we um before we start uh before I start recording this um uh, how do I say your last name? Manier. Manier. Okay. All yeah. right. I want to I want to make sure uh I, I do right by you and, and say That's your name right. the right way. <laughs> I understand. I tell everybody it's just to say it how it's spelled, men ear. That's what I was going to go for, but uh, being a teacher, there's a lot of names I come across where it's no matter how you say it, it sure seems like it's wrong. <laughs> I got you. Got you. So. All right. Well, we're uh, joined here today by Roy Manier. Uh He's our resident trapper for our Team MP uh, arm of Conserve the Wild. Roy, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Jace. How are you today? Uh, doing wonderful. It's always good to talk someone, talk to someone that uh, is in the outdoor industry and, and being outdoors and doing some stuff. So uh, this always makes for a better day when I get to have a conversation about the outdoors. Same here. Same here, buddy. Well, why don't we start a little bit? Why don't you just let people know a little bit about yourself and, um, you know, how long you've been doing outdoors and, and uh, how long you've been trapping and how, sort of how you got started with that. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, well, I, um, my name's Roy Manier. As, as Jay said, I'm, uh, I'm approaching 50 years old and I've been uh, hunting since I was 12. Um, I just started into trapping um Back in, I believe, right around 2010. I, this will, this is going to be my ninth season coming up. But uh, I, I grew up around uh, guys that were trappers and and had friends that were trappers. But when I was younger, I I really didn't have the itch for that. I was I was more into the bow hunting and the deer hunting and and things like that. And uh, uh, a number of years back, I I, I kind of uh, got into the trapping when uh, around home there seemed to be a, uh, a, a rise in the numbers of uh, raccoons and um, you could tell they were not 
uh, in the best shape because I think the numbers had grown so big that they're that they were starting to carry a lot more disease and everything else. So I decided to trap some raccoons around the house, and uh, before you knew it, I was uh, I had it bad. I had the steel in my blood, as they say. Um. <laughs> uh, so what was your season like this past year for trapping? Were you able to get out much or? Uh, actually, this was a very rough season when it came to, uh, especially trapping coyotes, at least for me anyways. Around here, uh, the weather was so wet and so rainy. Uh, for me to trap coyotes, I'm traveling a lot of farm lanes and a lot of farm fields, um, traveling a lot of woods lanes. Uh, and the mud was just out of control this year when it came to, uh, coyotes. So I, uh, I caught a, I caught two coyotes this year, but I only trapped them for maybe a week or two. And I pretty much hung the coyote traps up. I went to, uh, I went to strictly, uh, uh, road trapping, uh, coon and, uh, some mink and some rats at that point. And, uh, I, I believe I ended up with, uh, 27 coon, um, uh, uh, few mink and a couple rats i don't even know the numbers on those exactly but not a whole lot of of the mink and rats we don't have many of them around here but uh i'm 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 a i'm a coon trapper from the from the get-go that's my main thing i love to trap coons uh because mainly they're 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 simple uh they get you outside and and you're catching stuff uh and then i kind of got into the coyotes you know Round about after you know after I started trapping into those, but but that's how season went. Uh, it, it, it was easy to trap road trap because I mean you didn't have to. Work. I could I could trap out of my car. I didn't need to didn't need to ride, drive the truck you know to get through the fields or anything. So that's that's pretty much uh, how it turned out. Yeah, it's definitely uh, a muddy season all around uh, for trying to do anything outside in in the woods or anything like that. It was. Definitely uh, some tough slogging this year for sure. Uh, those 27 raccoons, is that like a pretty good number for you or average? Uh, that's that's pretty close. I'm, I can usually, when I hit the coons hard, like I, when I didn't really hit them real, real hard, but I mean, I can usually average probably, you know, 30. I, I, I'm 25 to 30 is usually my is usually uh, where I run whenever I go to set a line for coons. Um, I catch a lot of, I catch coon on my coyote line a lot too. I mean, you just get your, uh, uh, incidental catch in a coyote trap, a, a big boar coon, they'll, they'll approach a lot of, uh, a lot of bait like that, that are, that you would put out for coyotes. So, uh, actually some of the nicer coon I catch will be in a, in a coyote set or a fox set, something like that. But, uh, uh, yeah, when I, when I trap coon like that road trap and i can probably do close to 30 on average that's pretty good uh when you mentioned the incidental trapping uh you know obviously whenever you're doing trapping you're set, you're setting your traps out there and then uh coming back you know i think pennsylvania law is within uh 36 hours yes uh, right so obviously you don't necessarily know what you're coming back to it's sort of you know hit or miss and and depending on what you get. So what what would you say would be sort of the wildest or inter, in, incidental uh, trap that you came across? Uh, well, uh, the, uh, I would have to say that um, 
and to be honest, it's 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 hard to it's hard to talk about this because you don't like to talk about you know somebody's dog getting in a trap. Right. But when I trap, you know, I trap uh, mostly all uh, private land. So you know, any dogs that are, I caught a dog once, a, a Jack Russell Terrier. Oh, okay. You, you you want to talk about a a little bugger? To, I mean, I've caught bigger dogs from time to time, and they'll just be like, "Hey, man, I'm glad you're here. Can you let me out of this thing?" You know, right? The traps I use nowadays. I mean, the traps today are are so well made and and so well. Uh, the, the offsets that they have in them to keep the blood flowing through the paws and everything else to, to prevent animals from, you know, hurting themselves. A, a trap don't hurt an animal. Uh, uh, an animal will hurt itself sometimes if it gets in a trap. But the traps, the way they're made nowadays, that that doesn't happen very often. But this little guy, he was, he was like a fart in a hot skillet. I couldn't get a hold of him with a catch pole or with nothing. And I finally just had to take my car hard off and throw it over him. And, and once he was out of the trap, he was like my best friend. He was, you know, but, but he was just all worked up. And so, uh, I tell folks all the time, you know, we're out here, you know, on property that we're allowed to be on. And, and, uh, it's, it's a lot nicer if, uh, if folks can, uh, you know, keep their, keep their pets in where they can, you know, have a little bit of control over them because we a lot of times don't have control out there in the in the field. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm I'm actually this is exactly what I was trying to go to. I'm glad you mentioned about how the traps are made now and how uh, they're safe for the animals. Uh, that you know, a lot of people when they hear about trapping, they you know want to talk about how it's bad for the dogs and it's making the animals suffer and things like that. But that's really not the case uh, with the way, like you said, the way traps are made now. Uh, yeah, there, uh, to be, you know, when they talk about animal suffering, uh, you know, I would say a good percentage of the time when I show up to a set, if I have an animal in the set, it's laying there sleeping. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, seriously, it, they, they'll, uh, many times I've, I've walked up on coons or coyotes or whatever, and, and they'll, you know, they're, they have fought the trap and, you know, They'll they'll get a little bit more and like I said I come up there and they're just they're they're out they're 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 asleep <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah, I, yeah I, that's why that's why I said so there's there's not a lot of uh, it's it's not a it's not like the uh, old style traps where they uh, can do a lot of chewing and stuff I mean uh, the newer traps um, like especially the coyote traps and stuff they have what they call an offset. So basically what it is is when the trap closes the whole way, there's still a gap of probably about, you know, three sixteenths to a quarter of an inch that when the animal's paw is in the trap, um, this allow this still allows blood flow to get through to the toes and everything else. So before the older style traps didn't have that, what would happen is the the paws, the toes would go numb. And uh, then they would get down there and start chewing, and because of it being numb, they couldn't feel anything. Well, now if they bite or pull or yank, it they still have blood flow through to the paw. I mean, it, it's it they, they don't do that because it hurts them when they start to do that. You know what I mean? When they yep. start to bite or chew on them on them paws, so because they still have feeling in them. That's that's the I think the biggest 
advancement in in traps that probably is taking place. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the the people that have issues with trapping are really just don't they don't know the basics. Uh, they're probably picturing the old school uh, sort of bear traps that almost had those teeth on them sure. um, and, and things like that. It, you know, when you really look at what's available now and, and talk to someone like yourself that that knows what's going on uh, with trapping, sort of the new trends, it, it definitely is a lot more humane than what a lot of people try to give it credit for. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even before I uh, got into it, I, you know, uh, like I said, I grew up with a lot of guys who, uh, you know, uh, my best friend trapped uh, uh, his his dad, his grandfather. um, And, you know, I I could I could see the traps and and things like that and and realized that, uh, you know, all this stuff you hear out there, because even as even as an outdoorsman, I was an outdoorsman that didn't trap. So you can you can get a lot of hearsay and 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 from folks that maybe aren't into it, but when you can see it for yourself and you can see what's going on. I knew all my life growing up that it was uh that it was a uh, a, a a humane way of at least being able to manage uh some of the animals and and like I said when you see an animal that's sick uh from disease because of overpopulation and you see what that animal is going through at the time him sitting in my trap for a couple of hours is absolutely nothing yeah i agree i agree 100 percent yeah um so you know speaking of some of those basics i mean what what is sort of the one thing that is probably most important to you whenever you set a trap like what's the one thing that you know you have to do this this exactly right for an animal to be able to be trapped. Sure, sure. Uh, now, uh, when it comes to trapping raccoons, um, they we use basically nowadays most all coon trappers, a lot of the coon trappers, anyways, they use what they call a dog-proof trap. It's a it's a cylindrical tube type trap that a dog you know can't get into i mean a coyote won't be able to get into it you know so uh those things there you can set them and they've been i've heard that uh some guys say that uh they made them things so that a uh, so that a monkey could trap coons well you know what after about three weeks of long line and I, when it comes to trapping coons i want to i want something that a monkey could do right but, uh, <laughs> But when it comes no, when it comes to coyote trapping though, when it comes to fox trapping or something like that, when you're putting in a buried trap like that, the most important thing, you know, a lot of guys talk about scent, and a lot of guys talk. And uh, don't get me wrong, I think there's something to that. Um, I'm finding that I don't believe there's as much to it as what we first thought or what people first thought. The most important thing is you get that trap bedded solid. You get it to where when you press on any of the crap, you get the trap bedded. If you're pressing on the corners of that trap, that trap is not moving. Because a lot of times what happens is I think guys get dug up traps from a coyote or a fox or a coon, and they think that this animal has smelled the trap and started digging. But what happens is when they step on that corner of the trap and it's something, if something moves under their feet, they don't know what it is. They're just going to start digging at it. And okay. they start digging at that corner and all of a sudden, 
you know, there they find, there's the trap, you know. So if that trap's bedded solid and it's covered in good, and uh, to me, that once I made, you know, once I learned that on on how to bed a trap just nice and solid, and I mean, there's a lot of different ways out there to do it. Uh, basically, you know, I I just you just kind of gotta get a trap bed dug that uh, is is kind of close to what your trap size is and then i'll take a lot of i'll take a lot of the fresh dirt that i've just dug and bet and and try and bed the trap on the outside of the trap around the outside of it so that i mean that thing gets when i'm pressing on them corners nothing's moving if nothing's moving the thing of it is you want to keep that dog there you want to keep that coyote there as long as you possibly can because i mean he's got the whole world to step on and you're asking him to step on a two inch circle and he don't just walk up there a lot of times and step right on the trap. He's got to work that dirt hole or he's got to work that, you know, flat set that, you know, and, and try and get the bait. And if he doesn't get the bait the first time he's coming back for it and you might not catch him until the third or fourth dig at that hole, you know? So to me, betting the trap is probably the most important thing. uh, That's interesting. Um, that uh, I mean, it makes sense to hear you talk about it, but it's not something that that I necessarily think of uh, firsthand. You know, but those you know coyotes, especially, they're they're very smart. I mean, even raccoons. I mean, they're all smart. So um, you know, you got to make make sure you have your ducks in a row uh, with when you're setting your trap to. Make well, sure I think that... I think a lot of times, I think a lot of times, you know, it, the scent issue comes up. The scent issue comes up. Yeah. Uh, and they, uh, you know, they run right to that. But uh, here's the thing: you can you can be scent proof. You can you can do what you can. You can boil. I bo- I boil my traps. I wax my traps. Uh, you know, all the things they've told you to do. Basically, I wax my traps more for uh, to keep them from corroding than I do for scent control. But that's that's a neither here nor there but you can do all that stuff but guess what when you get down there to make that set and you're at that set for five ten minutes however long it is guess what them coyotes know you're there they're going to smell you i don't care how much you've taken time to you know clean your boots and set them outside and and have 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 jeans that you know whatever he's going to know you're there if 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 bloodhound cadaver dogs can pick up scents from dead skin cells, I'll guarantee you a coyote can pick things up. <laughs> you know what I mean? They right. know you're there. It just takes them a while. And and the coyotes nowadays, I'm not going to say they're used to human interaction, but they've been around it enough now to know that, you know what, there, there's a human here, but he's been here, but you know what, I don't know what's down this hole, and it smells really – You go. What's down in that hole's got to be more important to him than what little bit of scent I left behind. Uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. It, trapping is definitely something that, that I would like to do, um, but it's very, very uh, time-consuming, right? Uh, you have to check sure. your traps every 24 to 36 hours and, uh, and, and processing the pelts and everything after that. It's uh, something that I just don't have time to do. Uh, or I, let me take that back. It's something that I am not willing to make the time to do. Right. Um, and, you know, and for me down, down here, 
uh, where I live, uh, I don't necessarily have access to uh, properties where I'd be able to trap. The properties I could trap up at our cabin are an hour and a half away, and whenever you got to make that that trip, basically every day, it's uh, you know it it makes it very tough to to take part in in that part it, of the it, outdoor it, world. Right. It's it, it's all first of all, it's all in what you have the desire to do. But then you know what you can have desire all day long, but if you don't have the time or the or the um the time or the uh resources whether it be land or whether it be uh you know the ability to you know build a fire outside your house so that you can boil your traps or whatever i i understand that i mean some you know what i do a lot of guys may not be set up to do so but but I, I, I encourage guys out there, guys and girls, both. You know, if you if you got the if you got the uh, the gene in you just a little bit, and you give it, you you work that gene just a little bit, uh, you might be surprised what you what you try and uh, uh, give up to uh, get to the to get them traps in the ground. On the, see, now for me, I I kind of I don't know, and I had also kind of gotten. Uh, I don't know if you would call burnt out or what it was with the with the bow hunting. I bow hunted when I was younger from my teens until my probably I was 30, 35. I don't know what it was. I, I, I killed a good many deer with a bow, and, and but I just, I don't know. I kind of got tired of the tree stands and, and all, you know, happened to deal with, you know, that stuff. And, Trapping, trapping for me kind of came into my into into my wheelhouse all of a sudden because you know uh, uh, it was I don't know it was like I could go check my traps and and uh, I can get out and be in the woods but you know I'm not sitting out there for hours and hours trying to find the time to do that was not always the easiest thing either to try and get to the woods it was easier to I mean I check a lot of my line on the way to work you know. So it was just the difference in, and in the difference of the things that I had going on in my life at the time with the, with family uh, issues and things like that, and it, it it worked out better for me to become a trapper and get away from some of the other things. Which, but it got, it kept me in the woods. Yeah, and that's really the key, uh, you know, that I think is you know just finding something that you enjoy to do outside, and if it's trapping or it's hunting or whatever it is. Um, you know, it's just, it's good to, to have that out there, um, you know, and to, to be out there. And I think that's the, the biggest reason why I think anyone who does anything outdoors, we need to support each other. Uh, just because I don't trap doesn't mean I can't support you trapping. Um, you know, just because someone doesn't hunt, uh, you know, they like to hike. That doesn't mean they shouldn't also support, uh, the hunters and the hikers and, and everyone. I mean, we all, the common thread is being outside and, and be it in the wilderness. Exactly. Exactly. I agree a hundred percent. Uh, so how were the, this is something that seems to fluctuate like crazy. How are the fur prices, uh, right now? Cause I know that's one way that you can sort of offset some of the costs and, and time of trapping. What, what kind of uh, prices are they up or down? Yeah, uh, for overall, for the for the general just fur market, uh, prices are low. Um, when I first started trapping, um, I was averaging, uh, you know, 
raccoon, I was averaging around $25 a coon, uh, which made it really easy to want to trap coons. Uh, and and that's per, that was pretty good for the time, I guess, because of, of what uh, what had been going on through, say, like the uh, the late 80s, early 90s, or, and through the 90s and stuff. The fur prices were, I guess, extremely dismal. Um, and as of right now, I mean – like for the coon market, I think last year I averaged around, I think it was a I think it was a twelve dollars on my coon, which, like I said, if you if you love it and you can and do it, I mean, I, as as far as I could figure from what I did last year, I mean, I came pretty close to breaking even because, like I said, my lines are on the way to work, so I a lot of times I don't figure as much for gas consumption as, as some guys may have to because I'm traveling that way every morning anyways because i got to get here to work. But uh, now, as of today, though, from what I understand, uh, the, the coyote prices are up. Um, I haven't really... The fur I caught this year... Uh, since I mainly caught uh, coon, and I, I'm I'm gonna, what you can do with your with your furs a lot of times is what I do on on a on a year where I think maybe I can maybe hold off a little bit and see if the market comes up. I'll finish my fur, which means I'll flesh it, I'll I'll dry it uh, on the boards, you know, and then I'll hang it. And then what I'll do is when the weather starts to warm up, uh, since my shop, you know. You don't want it. You don't want the fur even after it's dried hanging in a real warm area. I put it then. I bag it and, and I can put it in a freezer, and so then I can keep that dried fur for you know over a year or two to uh, to to see if the market comes up. So that's what I did. Now, from what I'm hearing though, from the rumblings, uh, I, I heard the I heard the coon or or, or the, the coyotes are are up a little bit, and the couple coyotes I caught this year. I uh, I also will sell those coyotes to local folks who may want to, you know, a fur for hanging in the man cave or something like that. I can I can tan the hides and stuff like that. Drying the hides and tanning the hides are two different things. Tanning is whenever they're completely finished and you know they can hang there then for years and years. When you dry a hide, you're just basically uh, having it so that it can be able to be in some long-term storage before it goes to a tanner then, and then they have to rehydrate it, and then they can tan it, and they can make it into whatever garments or, or, or whatever they're going to do with it. Interesting. Uh, so I, we're both a little pressed with time since we're trying to get this in on our lunch break. So uh, the last thing I want to talk to you about, I know you're real big on your uh, home garden and, and planting uh, some vegetables. So have you uh, – started your sprouts yet this year oh yeah now like i said uh, uh, a mountain boy's work is never done uh, <laughs> i i when it when it's fall it's it's and and winter it's it's definitely trapping and hunting but when spring comes uh it's time to get seed started i i i start all my uh start all my pepper plants uh, from seed they're actually up and under the lights at my shop now and uh I just got the tomato seeds in the dirt there probably last week, so they they should be coming up here uh, this week, coming pretty soon, and we'll get them under the lights. But yeah, it's it's just it's just one more way uh, for me. Well, you know, 
they, you know, my Twitter handle is Laurel Mountain Man. So it's just one more way for me to kind of do as much as I can and and be as as much a part of nature and the outdoors as I can. You know, when summer comes, uh, you know, the hunting season and the trapping, of course, it's not here. But, but I get to spend that time in the garden. I get my hands in the dirt. Um, I'm eating the stuff I grow. Uh, it, it, I know where it's coming from. I know what it's been, you know, what it's not been sprayed with. I know the, 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 you know, where the seeds and everything came from. It's, it's important to me to, to know that stuff and to, uh, be able to enjoy, I, you know, my niece and my nephew enjoy it. It gives me opportunity to spend time with them. And then, of course, I always just like just like most any gardener, I'm sure I always plant so much that I can my own uh, vegetables and and pickle and make sauerkraut and you know. And then, of course, when I have more than I can handle with the can, and I it's it's nice to be able to give some stuff to to friends and family too. So uh, yeah, I love the garden. I love being. I I like to mushroom hunt here in the in the I'm not we don't we don't see too many morels around here but as 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 the late summer starts coming on and the fall starts coming in that's when we start getting into the uh uh the the the, the hens the hen of the woods that we call them sheep heads up here but uh stuff like that like you said before Jace anything that can keep me outside and keep me going uh it, it, it provides it provides health and wellness in in a lot more in so many ways. Yeah, and uh, just uh, this past week at, at my house, the rhubarb uh, started coming back up uh, in my little garden that I have, and, and I know that means that I'll be uh, here in the very near future spending a lot of time over at my grandparents' house. He has uh, about three quarters of an acre of a garden that the whole family sort of pitches in uh, to maintain, and then doing the canning in the late summer and the fall and everything. That's, that's something that, that we do too. And uh, it's for the exact same reason, uh, reasons that you're saying, you know, just getting outdoors and cause there's not a whole lot uh, else to do outside in, in the summer uh, other than going to barbecues. And uh, you know, that also so that, you know, we know where that food came from exactly what went into growing it. So for sure, uh, of what went into our bodies, so that's yep, we're right yep. there with you on on doing the garden. Yep, yep, uh, and and uh, you go, you know, you got to find some time to get on the boat every once in a while too. I mean, <laughs> there's uh, I like to fish. I, I, I'm not a big uh, trout fisherman like like most PA guys are. I used to. I like to fish for trout. I used to like, but uh, me and uh, me and my one buddy. Tom, we uh, spend a lot of time on the boat fishing for walleye and pike and stuff like that. So, got to be able to find time to get out there and and uh, and like we like to say, you know, we love to fish, but we like to put fish in the freezer too. So that's our thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all all sort of hit that same that same thread of just knowing where your food's coming from and uh, and you know being able to enjoy the outdoors while you're uh, getting food. The support your family that's that's always a good thing exactly all right well hey i appreciate you coming on and, and talking a little bit of trapping we'll uh we'll definitely have you on again uh for the people that are that are listening out there uh you already mentioned it but uh where can they find you on uh, social media to be able to to interact with you and maybe learn a little more about trapping if they're interested sure uh, uh my uh 
Yep. Basically, the only thing I do on social media is uh, Twitter, uh, and you can get me there at, at Laurel Mountain Man. Um, so I, I live up here in Laurel Mountain, Pennsylvania. So I yeah, thought that was a pretty good, <laughs> pretty good play on words when it came to do that. And so if anybody has any questions uh, on trapping and they would like to get started and like to know how, um, you know, I'll gladly help you. But I'm going to give you a bit of advice right now. If you want to get started, find somebody local. If they're a good trapper, they're going to want to help you out. They want to see we, – we all as trappers want to see this stick around and uh, get involved with the uh, PA Trappers uh, organization. Or if you're, you know, if you're from another part of the country or a different state or whatever, there's trapper organizations, state trappers organizations, uh, local, uh, and I'm sure – uh, you'll be able to find somebody to help you there too. But uh, like I said, everybody can give me a yell there at Laurel Mountain Man on Twitter. Yeah, that's all. That's all great stuff. I uh, appreciate you coming on. I uh, hope you have a, a good weekend and and uh, can find some time to get outside with this rain that we're having. Okay, Jace. Yes, I'm I'm going to plan on doing a little bit of wood cutting this this weekend. So the rain don't bother me for that. Nice, nice. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. Okay, thanks, Jace. Talk to you later. All right, talk to you later. SOS Gear. SOS Gear is based in Montana and run by Chelsea, and she makes some great products out of paracord. Right now I'm holding a belt Chelsea made me just a couple weeks ago. This belt is absolutely gorgeous. I went with the black and black camo, but that's not even the best part. My father's been wearing the same style belt for a year, and it looks brand new. Other people I've talked to have worn their belts without any rips or frays for two, three, and even five years. There's a wide range of colors you can pick from, so you can make your own statement. Check out some of her products she's made over at her Instagram, SOSGearMT, or her Twitter, at SOSGearMT. You can order a belt of your own at SOSGearMT.com. That's SOSGearMT.com. Mm-hmm. 